Welcome to EarthWise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley with a piece about the dragon. The dragon is the most widespread of the world's vast number of imaginary creatures, appearing in the symbolism of all peoples from around the world and throughout history. It is no wonder, then, that dragons continue to find expression in today's world. But the dragon of today are, is very different from the dragons of long ago. The dragons of antiquity were creatures of great elemental power. The dragon's body was an enormous serpent, representing the generative powers of the earth. Given legs, the dragon could swim in the sea, symbolizing occult wisdom and the life-giving power of water. With the addition of wings, the dragon could fly through the air, signifying the power of the mind and the breath of life. Sending fire out of its nostrils, the dragon could ignite the world with the energies of creation. The dragon was a holy, beneficent creature, embodying the elements essential to life and giving them freely to all beings. One of the world's earliest dragons was Nu Kua, who was the ancient Chinese mother goddess. Nu Kua's lower body was a dragon, while her upper body was a human woman. Eventually, the dragon became one of the twelve symbolic creatures of the Chinese zodiac. The dragon was also known in the West, where it appeared in the mythologies and symbolism of Babylon, Egypt, Greece, and Rome, as well as the Germanic peoples of Scandinavia and the British Isles. In England, the white dragon was the royal emblem of early kings, and to this day, the red dragon remains the national symbol of Wales. In early Mediterranean myth, dragons pulled the chariot of the mother goddess across the sky. And dragons are even mentioned in the Bible in six separate references, including the book of Revelations, which reads, Behold the great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon its heads. But eventually the dragon of the West was transformed from the beneficial elemental energy which created and maintained the world to primordial chaotic energy that had to be conquered and killed to keep the world from being destroyed. The West's best-known hero saga about dragons was about the battle between St. George and the dragon. But there were countless others in the myths of the West, including the Babylonian creation story in which the culture hero Marduk engaged in an epic struggle with the great dragon Tiamat, whose name means mother goddess. As Tiamat, the mother goddess, fought Marduk, she created scores of other dragons to assist her. But in the end, Tiamat was defeated, and Marduk split her body in half and created the earth and the sky. And the dragons who fought with Tiamat went to hide in the deep places of the earth, sea, and sky, where they remain still. Subsequently, the dragon and its equivalent, the serpent, became emblems of evil, darkness, and the devil, something to be conquered and destroyed. Even in present-day psychological terms, the dragon has come to represent something terrible that needs to be overcome. In the popular culture of today, the meaning of the dragon has begun to shift somewhat away from evil and negativity in the direction of what I call Disneyfication, 
that is, turning the dragon into a cute cartoon character, either an endearing pet or a useful domesticated animal that serves the needs of humans. This may actually be worse than vilification because it strips the dragon of its great elemental power and makes it a slave to the whims of humans. Originally, the dragon symbolized the powers of nature, and nature does not belong to us. It is not here to serve us. Nature is neither our pet nor our beast of burden. Nature, like dragons, is neutral. But like dragons, it is much bigger than we are. And if we mean to save and preserve this earth and our place in it, we would do well to stand in awe and gratitude of the dragons. Blessed be. You've been listening to Earthwise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley.